very first time here at CC Speedway. Come out of four, grabbing the checker, your future winner, Austin Carter. And here they come, battling into the third of the final lap. Austin Carter leads the way to the checkered flag. There's your winner of the Rio Grande Speedway. Your 2000 Rio Grande Speedway points champion, Austin Carter. And here comes Austin Carter, and he wins a thriller at the South Texas Speedway. The Thunder Road Podcast, telling the stories of the South Texas racers from the past and present. Welcome to Thunder Road Podcast, Episode 2. You guys liked the first one so much, we went ahead and moved forward. Thank you for all the likes, the shares, and the, com- and the comments. Uh, thank you all very much. Uh, today, I have uh, Mike Riley with me. I, uh, I actually kind of nicknamed him our historian today. Uh, Riley has some history uh, of a local track here in Corpus that I had no idea existed. Riley's got some great photos and some great information about that stuff. Mike, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, James. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Top Hat Signs and Designs. Uh, I'd like to thank Proline Fabrication, 112 Bodies, Chris Dudley, as well as SNS Monuments. SNS Monuments is a new sponsor for us this, uh, this session. SNS Monuments can do monuments, they can do benches, they can do custom work, stone work, any of that stuff. So get with them for any of your needs, and we appreciate them coming on board. We, uh, we lost a fellow racer last week. Um, Austin Carter. Austin Carter was the father-in-law of Steve Whitaker Jr. and the uh, father of Carolyn Whitaker, uh, which are, are both avid race fans and racers here in the Corpus Christi area. Uh, Austin Carter, I, I watched him race when I was a young man at Rio Grande Speedway. Uh, he was a legend down there. Uh, the gentleman won many, many races. In fact, uh, he won the 1991 Miller Nationals. It was $2,000 purse, and at the time, that was the largest IMCA purse paid in the state of Texas. Um, and the best we can tell, 2006 was his last race, and that was at South Texas Speedway, and he did win the feature there, uh, and Steve Whitaker Jr. was uh, second place. A ton of races, a ton of accomplishments for this gentleman. Uh, this is why I created this podcast, or this for a reason. Austin got away from us too soon. We didn't get his stories. We didn't get his tales, and, and that's really the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, and that's a huge deal to me is understand these racers aren't going to be here forever and we have to get those stories. Austin was 66 years old when he passed. He was a great racer and a great competitor uh, and he will be missed. And like I said, that's the reason why we have this podcast is to get his stories out there, to get those stories out there before we lose another one. And uh, this weekend at South Texas Speedway, it it did get Western. Uh, She got a little wild out there. not going to get in the weeds about all the specifics that happened, but I do want to give congratulations to the feature winners out there. J.J. Jennings and the Limited Modifieds, the guy was rolling. I believe that's his Express Chassis uh, Sport Mod. Uh, great job to him. Daniel Preston in the E-Mods, uh, he won the feature. He had some competition with uh, Brad Waddups, and those guys are buddies, so it's kind of neat to see that, that deal. Uh, two guys helping each other out, running first and second. That's a huge deal. That's a great deal. Proud of them. Factory stocks, Mason, Mason Castaneda. This is a, his second feature win at that express car. There's not a ton of those express factory stocks, but the ones that are there, they're fast and they're going to be contenders. The dwarf cars, man, Dustin Rude, that guy's tough to beat. He is a competitor where, whatever track he goes to. Um, on the dwarf car deal, that's a traveling series, so they ran that race. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First. Wait a minute. Micromods? Oh, they didn't race. No, congratulations, no. <laughs> James Parks. Trying to trying to get away without trying to bragging or what? <laughs> trying to, trying to. Uh, we did, we did pull off the win. I had a great race with my father-in-law, uh, Bill Six. He ran second to me. Uh, he showed me a nose, and I had to get on the wheel. So I gave him plenty of room, so my wife didn't get mad at me. Uh, we both had a good time. 
So that was that was pretty cool. Yes, thank you, thank you, Mike. Yeah. Uh, the dwarf cars, that dwarf car deal, that's a traveling series. So they ran that feature first, uh, just so those guys could get home. Some of them did stay the night, but that's a huge deal. I, I ran a, that dwarf car series, or a dwarf car series, series, I should say, for many years. That traveling and racing, that's a big deal. Hats off to those guys. They brought a ton of cars out. Um, local hero on the dwarf cars, Jerry Book. Jerry Book puts in a ton of time at that racetrack. I don't know how many people know that, don't know that, but he does. He's committed to that, and those dwarf car guys are very lucky to have him. So, Jerry Book, thank you. Thank you for everything you do at that racetrack. All right, man, uh, we had a rollover this weekend. Robert Boyd, uh, out of the McAllen area, I believe. I watched Robert Boyd race when I was a young man. Uh, man, that dude's been around forever. He doesn't quit. There is no give up in that guy. There's, there's no stopping. He comes to the races, he does his thing, he does it his way, he's happy, he has a good time. Uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if suspension broke or what happened, but he got, climbed, he got up on the wall in turn four, rolled the car over, ended up on his lid. Um, the safety crew, great safety crew at the race ranch, they got him flipped over. Uh, had some conversation with Robert's crew yesterday. They said it's just some sheet metal. He seems to be fine. But for 70 years old, man, he's still getting it done. So, Riley, there was an incident uh, at the track this weekend. And I normally don't say anything, but this one I had to, I had to touch base on, man. Uh, the speeding in the pits deal. I can't handle that. I got, I got two kids of my own. In my pit area Saturday, there was probably six kids. Speeding through the pits, it's, it's not a good deal. It's, it's something that you, you got, as drivers, you have to take the initiative to understand you got to slow down in the pits. Or certainly no excuse for it, obviously, right? But whatever happens on the track happens on the track, but don't, don't put our kids in jeopardy. And these guys come in with their heart rate up around 140, 150, and they're full of passion, and they just yeah. don't know when to slow down. But. Well, as a flagman, you've probably sent a few of them off. So, I mean, yeah. that's part of the deal, but... Yeah, guys, look, that, that's the deal. Just just keep the speed down in the pits. Watch out for kids. Watch out for, for pedestrians. Things happen on the racetrack. Let's leave them on the racetrack. So uh, Mike Riley, our, uh, our official historian here, I, I've given him that title. He's got some information on a racetrack that was in the Corpus Christi area. He's got some great pictures uh, from a collection from a local photographer. I'm going to let Mike tell you a little bit about that stuff. Uh, Mike, what do, you, what do you got to offer today? What do you got to show us? Well... I came across these uh, Doc McGregor photos, and Doc McGregor's uh, fairly locally famous anyway for all the history he's captured in uh, Corpus Christi through the years, mostly in the 30s and 40s. I believe his photos are at the airport too, hanging on the wall. Yeah, they're all over. They're all over town, City Hall. Uh, the uh, Corpus Christi uh, Museum of Science and History owns the collection. They have thousands of photos of Doc McGregor. So. We built a new office uh, back in uh, 2007, and we had decided that that was going to be the theme of our office was going to be the history of Corpus Christi. So me and a couple of the other girls went down to the uh, Corpus Christi Museum of Science and History and uh, started thumbing through all his photos. Uh, they put you in a room and they bring you albums as you request them. They, ha they have some kind of list that's, that's organized in some Form or fashion. Is it organized by like date or you just tell them, hey, I'm looking for a car? Well, you say like cars or, yeah, okay. fishing and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so we, we found some stuff uh, for the office to put in the corridors and the hallways, stuff like the old Harbor Bridge, the old courthouse, some old fishing, old restaurant, barbecue joints and stuff like that. Cool deal. Ton and, of history. Uh, and yeah, tons. And so I got in the car one, came across uh, a, a race, a dirt race. 
and started started thumbing through that. And there were, I don't know, about 15 photos maybe. Were there any total? of Lawrence Maklicek there? Did you see any early photos of Lawrence? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Saw the camper on the backstretch. Perfect. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so I decided to do my office in this collection. And so there were dates associated with the photos. Uh, so I got the photos, I, they were, I don't know, it was four or 500 bucks to get them copied. And they're not cheap. And he's donating them to the show. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> And um, anyway, so I went down to the uh, to the Caller Times and started searching through their um, their archives, their archives, and and tried to put together some dates on so when what this were race the archives? was. Were they like microfiche or were they a disc? Like Actually, what? yeah, I think they were microfiche. So you had to put it in that little scanner yep, deal. Yep, you had to put it in a little scanner deal and look for it. And so, what's cool about this race? It was the it's billed as the first race in Corpus Christi ever, ever. Cool July fourth, uh, nineteen thirty-three. If my memory serves, that's a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. <laughs> Man, you're good. Got a calendar in my you're head. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the fun thing about it. It was on a Tuesday. Uh, they had a thousand people in the stands, which is pretty cool. What it pay to win? I don't know. Probably thirty bucks or something. <laughs> thirty bucks is a lot of money, man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got a couple of the articles. Um, one was dated the day before the race, and uh, the one was the day after the results, and then uh, and then a couple days after that made the paper again. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to bore you with all the details of reading the articles, uh, but there are some interesting tidbits I, I saw, and maybe you could see something in there that that you thought was interesting. Man, looking at these photos, like like these guys are dressed in white. The gals are all dressed up in dresses and their heels. Like it seemed like it was a show. Like people really went to these races with the intentions of understanding this is a show, this is a grand event. Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, there was a thousand people there on a Tuesday. I don't know if we get a thousand people on a Saturday right now. Yeah, like really. Thousand, thousand people on Tuesday. So obviously uh, people very interested in auto racing in 1933, at least for the first time out. Yeah. Wanted to see what the spectacle was all about. I'm curious to know where it was at on Shoreline. I'm trying to <clears> just <throat> figure this out, like where it may have been. You know, I'm, I'm thinking Cole Park, but I could be horribly wrong. Well, I, I get on Google Earth and, and they've got a little history button on Google Earth. You can look back, but it's about as far back as you can go is 1956 and there's nothing. Uh, you know, I, I was hoping to see like an old remnant. Like if you look at old Riverside Speedway yeah. on Google Earth, you can kind of see a remnant of a racetrack. But I couldn't find where it is. And interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, the July 3rd article, which is the day before the race, calls it Ocean Beach Speedway. Ocean. So I wonder if it was a North Beach area, would that be considered North Beach? Quite possible. But the, uh, the, the next articles, the July 5th and the July 7th, call it Ocean Drive Speedway. Mm -hmm. So, so right now we're we're discussing it, but uh, if you go to the uh, to the YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the photos. We'll just kind of roll the photos through so you can get a look at them. Uh, these photos are from 1933. They are not perfect, but they are still very valuable pieces for the history of racing in Corpus Christi. Um, I, I can't express how how important this stuff is. Like we get this knowledge out there, and, and Mike taking his time to go find these photos and dig around and dig through this stuff. Dealing with folks is very hard, so I'm sure trying to get these folks just to bring you specific pictures took time and took effort, and we do appreciate you for that. We appreciate you very much. Well, I was just going to say a couple things in these photos I wanted to point out is they're, they're, uh, as you guys put them up on the screen, is there's no front stretch wall. You notice that? They have leather helmets on, too. They're gladiators. Yeah, probably not buckled in. No roll cages. I'm sure. I'm just, no, they, <laughs> I think they intended to fly out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Man, so uh, going back to my dwarf car days, I recognize some of these cars. Looks like we got some Model A's, we got some sedans. Looks like we got a couple uh, Crown Vics in there, also known as Vickies. What else yeah, did you happen to see that. in there? Uh, according to the newspaper article, uh, there's Willys and Terraplane. Terraplane, any idea what, to what a Terraplane is? I have, I have no, no idea. No idea. But it was no in the idea. show. It yeah. made the A. Earl Allen was driving it. Of course he was. Is that, of course he was. Does that help? No, not a clue. <laughs> not a clue. We'll have to ask Lawrence if he knows. <laughs> so the first race meet, they call it, they called it a race meet, um, was won by Jimmy Davis. Jimmy Davis, he took the he took the win. Out of San Antonio. San, so he pulled all the way from San Antonio. That was a long drive back then. He, yeah. prob he probably pulled the race car with the same car he raced or yeah. he drove it back. Coming down Highway 9. Just getting it. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. No, that's cool, man. That uh, those guys, those guys putting on a show, thousand, a thousand people in the stands on a Tuesday, that's a big deal. Like if we could, if we could pack the stands like that now, it'd be great. So a couple things I wanted to point out too. Uh, the owner of the racetrack was H. C. Wolf. H. C. Wolf. That ring a bell? Does Just about to ask Lawrence. Does yeah. <laughs> Lawrence has the encyclopedia on that. <laughs> Sorry, Lawrence. H.C. Wolf was, was the owner. We have not been able to determine an exact area where the track was at, uh, but uh, man, just the knowledge, just the history of it. What other info you got on that deal? So the, the very first article, uh, the July 3rd article, uh, they're interviewing H.C. Wolf, and he asked in the article to be printed, uh, asked for the cooperation of the general public for Tuesday's race in the event of an accident by staying still regardless of how serious the accident might appear. So stay where you're at. Even stay if the dude flew at. out, just stay where you're so at. So apparently it's out. a problem. <laughs> so, Even today it's a problem. Yeah. I bet they weren't speeding the pits then. I bet yeah. that wasn't happening. And then he goes on to say, when a car turns over, it does not always, it does not always stop the race. <laughs> just keep racing. <laughs> when a car turns over, it does not always stop the race, Wolf pointed out, and the crowd must stay off the track at all times during the race meet. <laughs> so so basically um there was a few a few rules for the for the fans do not jump in a moving race car without a driver that's just correct. let it go just let it go um, and those values still need to be followed today and you think well how would hc wolf know this is the first time they've raced in corpus christi right but according to the article they raced in san antonio on sunday so they had so one was, day off it was a traveling series at this point yeah it definitely was. So the, the track was a half mile. It's a big track. I would imagine it was half mile sand, you think? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where this was at, but yeah. Daytona Beach was sand and they put on a bunch of races there. So to have this in Corpus, that's pretty cool. If anybody has any info or know some family members that might have some photos of, or some info on this, don't be afraid. Send them to us at our, uh, at our Thunder Road email. Man, we have no problem putting some of those photos up, some more of those stories about that. Mike took his time and researched this stuff, and this is what he is what he was able to find. So, if you got some more info, don't be afraid to share it with us. So, the track I believe was um, probably some sandy loam uh, because they do talk about uh, ruts developing and having to pack those ruts in during the week because they have a race coming up on Sunday again. They race Tuesday, they, they're racing Sunday, and they're talking about the track prep. So, so just getting out there and fill in the holes, pack her down, and go at it again. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of lap times did they run on this deal? Well, it's a half mile track, mind you. Well, they were um, getting it then Yeah, a Model A. <laughs> 34 to 35 second lap times. Yeah, that's hauling the mail. That's hauling so, the mail with a Model A or Model yeah. T. I'm not exactly sure, but 
that's that's a decent rate for back then. And a lot of these guys probably drove these cars to the race and then drove it home or, or pulled to the race with a very similar car so they had spare parts. What other info do you have for us on that track, Mike? Well, so they raced on Tuesday and got a thousand folks in the stands. And they have another race scheduled for the very next Sunday, I believe is the seventh or the eighth, the eighth, I believe. And they're preparing for twice the crowd. Oh man, 2,000 Yeah, on a Sunday. Yeah, I don't have an article to back that one up though. Well, so, we can only hope that it happened. We can only yeah. hope that it happened. We could say, man, 2,000 folks on a Sunday. If you on a shoreline. If you look at these pictures, I don't know if you can get another 1,000 folks in the stands. Well, on, on this front stretch photo, it looks like it's pretty full. Front yep. stretch photo is full. Like you said, there's not, there's not really a wall there. Uh, picture two shows a little bit of space so they can have some growth. Uh, and the turn there, looks like some folks are up on the wall watching the races. I don't know, they probably didn't get a pit pass. They should have probably policed that a little bit. Yeah, but either couldn't afford to be there or wasn't allowed. They were having a good time. Let's just say two. they were having a good time yeah. watching the races. So looking at picture four, looks like it was a photo finish. Obviously, uh, they had some timing devices to figure this out. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool deal. But who was the winner of this show? Uh, that would be Jimmy Davis. Jimmy Davis. Jimmy Davis San Antonio. won the show. I bet he signed some autographs and kissed some girls and had a trophy girl on the whole deal. So that's pretty cool, man. That, that's, that's history right there that we got to get out to the folks. Everybody needs to see. Man, you guys can check out these photos. Uh, just click the link to the YouTube page. Watch our podcast. The photos will be on there. If you have any info, any of that stuff, any info, any input, send it to us. Email it to us. Get a hold of us one way or the other. Man, Mike, I do appreciate I appreciate you taking the time. I uh, appreciate you looking into the history of that stuff. And I do appreciate you being the historian for the Thunder Road podcast. Uh, we may send you off on some other adventures. Yeah. Um, we have a few questions about some other tracks in the area, some stuff that I've been able to find. I don't necessarily have the time, but hopefully you do. I might. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share our YouTube video, our uh, Facebook page. Um, once again, thank you to SNS Monuments. Thank you to uh, Top Hat Signs and Designs, Proline Fabrication, 112 Bodies. And once again, we'd like to extend our condolences out to the Whitaker and Carter family.